0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft, and uh, this is this show's a little bit different. Uh, well, it's not that different. We're still sitting around drinking beer and talking about beer-related things, but uh, I want to go down a whole different rabbit hole with this one. Uh, I'm sitting with Adam Mills, now of uh, uh, not f- of Cartridge Brewing anymore from the last time you guys heard him on the show, now at Saunder Brewing, uh, also here in Mason. Um, but we're going to take a different look at some of the things that you do because you do this whole other side of beer things that I, I love obviously because of of (laughs) (laughs) Uh, content creation is something that I feel extremely passionate about. Uh, It's what I've done for a living since I was in high school just didn't really know that's what it was yet (laughs) and uh, feel very strongly about it and you have done just an incredible job of bringing uh, the world of content creation and Cincinnati beer together and uh, I want to talk about that we'll we'll probably talk about some of the stuff that's happening here at Sonder also but uh, uh, welcome back to the show it's been it's been a while Um, while. this is what you're this is probably third fourth fourth time on This show? It might be. Um, And then you were also on an episode of Drinking with the Gnome, which I promise everybody that loves that show, it's coming back. I have three episodes that are recorded. I just have to get them put together and get it all figured out. (laughs) They're they're coming. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll probably talk about that difficulty, too. But um, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I
1: appreciate your kind words.
0: uh, It's great to see you here at Sonder. Uh, I think that you fit in with this team here uh, wonderfully. Um, You are definitely... And you are one of my favorite people to talk about beer with because number one, you're so passionate about it. But number two, you're so great at explaining things about beer. Uh, you're one of those guys that every time I sit down at a bar and I order a beer that I'm, there's something about it that I'm unfamiliar with or uh, that I, I want to know more about, I want you sitting next to me to explain it to
1: me <laughs> like well, that, all the time. I'm like, I'm
0: like, man, would, is it weird to just call Adam right now and ask him <laughs> to explain this beer to me?
1: <laughs> well, no. And, and I'm, I mean, I think that that it's part of that interesting thing where, you know, I mean, beer and the, the whole culinary thing go so well together. And, and, and that's one of the fun things about it. You know, beer can be something as simple as just enjoying drinking it or right. taking a deep dive on. Right? right. Well, you can take the exact same
0: beer and one day you can drink it and just not not think. Two things about it: you're just you're just hanging out with a friend. You're drinking. You're uh, experiencing whatever else is happening around you, uh, and the beer just becomes a catalyst for that experience. Uh, And then another time, you can sit there and just really dive into that beer, and like you get you know a quarter through the pint, like, "All right, I got to start pulling out books and see what I can figure out about this," and like it just. (laughs) Then takes you down a rabbit hole. It's uh, it's fun that way. Um, We've never really gotten a chance to sit down and kind of talk about your story though, either. Like uh, because there's always been so many other things happening around you being on the show. Uh, How did you get started with? Let's start with beer. Like what was? Let's start from the very beginning. What was the first beer that you
1: had? Do you remember? Gosh, I mean, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a a macro lager of uh, of some point when uh, some kind when I went to school in Southeast Ohio, college in Southeast Ohio. So. I was drinking Schaefer Light back then. Where did you go to school? Uh, Franciscan University. It's over in Steubenville. It's like five minutes from Pennsylvania and uh, West Virginia. And back then, I mean, Schaefer Light was the cheapest six pack you can get your hands on. And um, yeah, I mean, kind of from there, just the, I I think a, a, a pretty normal path that people have. And then ended up finding other things. I think I remember one of my first times not having, you know, like, Explicitly, macro light lager was like Amberbach sure. or something like. That. Oh yeah, was that a Michelob product? It was. I think so. There yeah. was this
0: really cool period of time, even like in fairly recent history, where uh Bud, who owns Imbev, yeah, whatever you want to call them, who owns Michelob, brought back this whole line of Michelob beers that mm-hmm. were all malt beers that were like these traditional styles. Like this was like in like uh, I, I was definitely of legal drinking age, so yeah. I mean I was buying it. But legally, mm-hmm. and that, so that had to be within the last. Actually, it's, I guess that's been a little while. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about it, it might have been like twenty years ago. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> oh man, things go by. Fast. Yeah, the Michelob was was kind of a weird little shining star within
1: macro beer for a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, and then I found that you know, then you find out that you know, beer can be really strong. Um, and I started getting into you know some some winter warmers, type beer, some Belgians. So I was really big into uh, all the Trappist beers and stuff like that. But and then, still and then imported even, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the bottle shop that I was uh, that I was going to had a really good imported selection. And then I found well, I, I, it blew my mind that there was stout other than Guinness, mm-hmm. right? Other than that dry, bitter, <laughs> yeah. lean body beer, right? That dry stout. And then I found you know sweet stout with macassans, and I'm like, oh wow, this is round and and sweet and chocolatey, roasty. You, you know what I mean? Um, and so those beers were eye openers. Um, I came to. Happier uh, beers, uh, more bitter was, beers, a little bit later. Was this still uh, at this point, like still kind of college age, or was this later
0: than this that kind of later
1: This was later. This was a little bit more when I started getting into home brewing. I, I used to do. My wife and I used to have a an Oktoberfest party to get meet some friends together when we were when we were a young married couple. And one year, I had a friend say, "You know, well next year, you should make the beer for, you know, the party." So. I mean that kind of started the whole thing, right. um, and I started uh, I started getting a few beers, and then seeing kind of what I wanted to chase. And we had an amazing uh, homebrew shop uh, in the Grand Rapids area back then called Sicilianos. Uh, still, still there, still amazing. And uh, so you could go and get a ton of different beers. Uh, the homebrew supply side was amazing. And, and that was really before, you know, online ordering a Home homebrewing
0: shop and bottle shop kind yeah. of in the same. That's yeah. perfect. Oh, it was
1: perfect. So yeah. So like you, you could, you could try different styles. You could see like, you know, the, the, the pre-made recipes that they had available yeah. and then buy a corresponding style to it. So it, it, it was really cool. It, it was really a cool thing. And then, uh, just kind of, just kind of dove in once I got into actually homebrewing, that's what really fueled, um, my interest in all different beer styles because i got very quickly into competition brewing and then uh you know there's so many styles that you can compete in so so that's why i started chasing right there and then that was kind of that kind of it
0: so, when you were homebrewing, were you still sticking to like traditional styles? Like, or, oh, or did you, were you branching out well, and no, kind
1: No, of... 100%. So, I, I got into the book. Uh, when we were talking about earlier, I, I no, got into no the gummy bu- worms or anything going into your beer. <laughs> no, there was no, no fruity pebbles or <laughs> anything. Um, we, uh, I got into uh, Brewing Classic Styles, uh, Jamil Chef and John yeah. Palmer. Um, that was linked through the Brewing Network, which was the the podcast that I really still probably learned the supermajority uh, of what I know about brewing. It was really the bedrock of my brewing education. And I would take that book, and because I was brewing for competition very rapidly, I was only brewing for competition, and I was using those recipes To uh, hit styles, and it's it's remarkable, especially when you look at you know classic styles. When you go back to that book and you look at IPA and some other things, you know the the styles have grown and shifted. But if you look at historical styles that are in that book, you're you're going to nail it. Those are those are some killer killer recipes. So that was kind of how I built my understanding uh, flavor palette wise of the wrong ingredients and whatnot.
0: It's still so fascinating to me to think about like, you know, when you talk about especially competition brewing and like you're, you're trying to hit a style and like when you read the style guidelines and it tells you what the beer is supposed to taste like at the very bottom, there's examples like, here's what this is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like there is, there is a beer out there that is the perfect yes. version of this. Yeah. And everybody's just trying to do that. And like the fact that everybody can even take the same recipe mm-hmm. and everybody can go home and everybody can make the exact, exact same recipe and there's still such a difference from beer to beer to beer and batch to batch to batch sure. that like it, it, it it's not to take away from the gummy worm IPAs of the world. Sure. And like, that's all fun. And like, uh, you know, like I get that side of what beer is, but like this side of like traditional beer is so fascinating to me that like, uh, it's, it comes down to all of these other factors, you know, like, uh, to the ingredients that you're putting in there to the, the time that each step is like all of those sure. little, every step like factors into, what that end result is and like I, I i love that i get that's fun to me yeah. It's like i can have just as much fun sitting there and drinking on uh four different versions of the exact same stout yeah. <laughs> as, well, even, as anything even
1: else water here you mentioned how close well, great example. to mainville great example um i mean our water profiles vastly different I've, from cartridge to here. I've
0: long right. had on my list of like, I have a list of like show topics that I want to hit one of these days and I want to do a water show Sure. and I have no idea how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it would be the most boring show in the world. But like that idea yeah. is like, is, is fascinating to me. Like, can yeah. you know, I, I don't know if and any breweries that are listening, uh, put this, write this on some kind of whiteboard somewhere. I want the same beer made at two different breweries with two different water profiles so that I can just illustrate the difference <laughs> (laughs) between
1: the two (laughs) even better
0: the same brewery if you want to make the beer with two different water profiles please do it (laughs) sure
1: well years ago i did a beer for john palmer for homebrew con when it was in grand rapids and so we did uh two pilot batches that were identical with but just different water profiles. That's awesome. And it was really very, very cool. The
0: closest that I've ever come to that, if you go down to Asheville and go to White Labs, mm-hmm. uh, you can go in there and you can try the same beer with different yeasts. And yeah. like that's like, yeah. it kind of lets you, it gives you this really great illustration of how big of a difference the yeast plays oh, to the system. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I don't think a lot of people even, like, you go down, you stand at the bar downstairs and you talk to people. I'm pretty sure that most of those people don't yeah. even. Like, they understand that there's different hops in different beers, sure. and then maybe half of them understand there's different malts. Uh, what percentage of people even understand that there are different types of yeast that may... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And it's something that I, I don't think about a lot, but uh, the water profile is just at the very bottom of that thing for people. <laughs> they have no clue. Um, okay, so... How do you get into commercial brewing from there? You're you're home brewing, and you just decide one day that, uh, you know what, I've been on this career path my whole life, and it's something that I clearly enjoy, uh, because it still kind of
1: factors into what you're doing now, but... I just want to go make beer. (laughs) Yeah. So really, I I I was when I was doing the competition thing, I was doing it kind of crazily. You know, I was uh, toward the end, I was entering you know anywhere between thirty and thirty eight beers per competition, Um, and I was really only brewing brewing for competition. I would brew, bottle the beer, uh, cellar it. Um, for beers that I could sit on beers that had to be fresh would be brewed right before a competition, right. blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it, it was insane. Um, and so, uh, through, through the homebrew, uh, thing the, through the success that I had in, in, homebrew competitions. And, and then I was active in the beer judging community as well. It put me on the kind of put me on the radar for a, a brewery that was opening in my town. Um, and then I ended up, uh, leaving. I, I taught for 10 years, uh, prior to, uh, prior to making the change over to brewing professionally. So the brewery reached out to you and said, "Hey, uh, you, you like this beer thing?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did reach out to them. But he did say when I sat down with him, he said, "You're somebody because the the local paper had just done a, a, a write up uh, on me." So gotcha. yeah, that was what that was what could, We kind of put us together.
0: And so from there, uh, your story gets you here to Cincinnati with uh, with Cartridge when they were starting up, yep. um, and then from there here to Sonder and. Um, That's where you're at in your career right now, as far as the brewing career. Yeah, yeah. But there's this whole other side that I think is really cool and really fascinating, and that's the content creation side. Adam Makes Beer. If anybody does not know about Adam Makes Beer, uh, search for it on uh, every social media platform that I can think of. Yeah. Are, you, are you on TikTok? Yeah. I'm not on TikTok. You should be on TikTok. I yeah. know, I
1: should. I, I need to multiply myself to do that,
0: though. So, yeah. It's the same shorts. You just free up a little bit. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, what other obscure social media platforms are there right now? There's all kinds of, there's a uh, uh, Blue Sky. Have you heard about this one? No. It's just Twitter. It's Twitter, just sure. on a different <laughs> different platform. Um, uh, there's the old Snapchat. I still have never figured out how to do that as a content creator, but I'm yeah. sure there's a way uh, yeah. just search for him wherever you are and if he's not there uh send him an email and tell him he needs to be on uh, <laughs> tiktok or whatever it is that you love i don't think anybody that listens to the show actually loves tiktok i think <laughs> a lot of them might be on it but uh, nobody loves it um and, and you have taken kind of these two sides of your uh your working life and kind of brought them together with teaching and beer and yeah. uh I will I will put out the warning right now. If you are not a brewer, uh, some of the content will not make any sense.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's kind of the thing. So there, there's kind of two halves to what I do. So if somebody wants, if you're a craft beer lover and you want to kind of see the behind the scenes, yeah. if you go into my playlist on YouTube, there's full. You know, the, a lot of times people say like grain to grain to glass brew days, right? Right. And so you can see you can see the pro side equipment I'm working with um i basically talk to you like i'm coaching you through a brew day um and and i really take the i i really take it to heart like you know from from my perspective when when i'm talking about beer i'm making i will share really everything because uh, I, I learned everything from somebody else right you know what i mean there, there's there, there's only so much reinventing the wheel when it comes to beer and uh, you know, sometimes we can try to color outside the lines a little bit or whatever. But I think you know, for for me, it's like you know, I, I was listening to to great brewers talk about how they did their thing, and that's how I learned. So, well, they're really to pass it on.
0: Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know the the process of making beer. There haven't been a lot of process innovations sure. in yeah. recent history. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple, especially you ta- talking doing England IPA and kind of where hops are going into a beer. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a bit of an innovation, but uh, the process of making beer is about the same as it's been for thousands well, of years. <laughs> yeah, one
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. And you know, like I, I feel like when when people are making double IPA, I think probably prior to hazy. The the last big, one of the last big step forwards was when, you know, or Russian, Russian River started to do double IPA with Pliny the Elder, you know, and, and I think still a lot of people, I mean, th- that recipe is out there and I, I think a lot of people are still you know making homages to that beer when they make double IPA sure you know um, so yeah I mean that, that, that's I kind of my take with I
0: it I haven't had a double IPA in a long time that I think is even thinking about Pliny I think that all the double IPAs I've had recently it goes to this other kind of hazy side
1: now. yeah and it, it, that's a different animal for sure right it's and they just
0: call animal. them double IPAs and, and we don't know the difference anymore <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's if, I order, hazy, if right? I order another hazy west coast IPA. I'm going to lose my mind
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I think on some level. with hazy, really, all that comes down to is the volume of alcohol, right? Because the the, the whole the whole concept behind hazy is is a, I think hazy IPA is a, is a call for approachable IPA. Sure. Um, and so it, it's not like you're going to jack the bitterness up a ton because the heart of that style is being drinkable, right? So you have to kind of do this this weird balancing act of it's still expected to be more bitter than standard hazy, right? <laughs> but then you start walking a line to where you're getting out of what hazy is.
0: Right. Yeah. So how do we how do we end up here where we're <laughs> talking about the nuances of the word hazy? <laughs> uh, but what uh so this side of of trying to you're not you're not trying to necessarily uh, what's a good way to democratize the craft beer process you're you're not trying to make it easy for everybody to understand you're just trying to You're just trying to bring people along with kind of your your process day to day
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think there's two parts to it, you know because early on when when you're when you're thinking about trying to do um, You know like a content creation thing I, I never wanted to say oh well, like this is how you make robust porter this is how you make ipa for me it's a little bit more of if if you want to like actually break it down to a story what what my channel is is on 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 on, from one standpoint there is an element of democratizing uh information there 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 is one level of that because i I think sometimes the curtain is a little heavy between the brew house and, and the consumer and and sometimes even uh you know brewery to brewery different things like that um, so I, I think there is one element of that. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I, I think, you know, the, the average craft beer consumer, the person that wants to watch, um, that has an interest in like the how it's made type stuff. Some of my content works for that. But there's, a, there's another element, you know, I, I used to go on. I mean, at this point, really, YouTube is second to Google as far as the search engine goes. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's one of those things where there would be times where I, I would almost look, argue
0: that it's. Yeah, I mean, second would would, would be sure. sure, but like it's it's part of Google. Yeah. Like, like yeah, exactly. When you Google something, one of the very first things that comes up is a section with YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Like it's built mm-hmm. into it. Like it's does like. I think most people, when they're searching for something, would rather watch the video about it than, yes. than read
1: about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and and so that was kind of the other thing where there was times where, you know, when I came down and, and I was uh, helping to get cartridge going, it was like, well, all right. Well, let me – I don't know anybody down here by and large, right? Let me jump on YouTube. Let me see what sure. there is for this. And there's uh, there's not a ton of stuff. There was, there was a channel a few years back uh, called uh, Brewery Life. And uh, Guy Jasper, super nice guy, and he was talking about what he was doing in the brew house. Um, that channel has been defunct now for for at least a few years. There's a there's a fellow out of Australia, uh, Rockstar Brewer Hendo. Mm-hmm. Um, I just interviewed him on one of my podcasts. He's a great guy. He has some YouTube content as well. But um, my goal was to, if somebody wants to apprentice into this industry, which I think is one of the things that's cool about it, they could at least have a baseline of what the heartbeat of the brewery is like and what the what the labor is right um and for somebody that's looking to open a brewery too um, letting them know what the what the labor is, because sometimes people still have this impression that, you know, the brewer's <laughs> pouring grain from hand to hand and smelling things. That and, that that and
0: commercial that. with Jim Cook with <laughs> yeah, the
1: hops. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this batch of work, and you toss them in the gallons. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, so uh, I think it is important uh, for people to, um, to, to have that understanding. And I also had some, you know, some level of understanding of the market, that market is not saturated. Right. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's not like there's a dearth of uh, professional brewing YouTube channels.
0: Well, I, I saw it a little bit. So, I mean, my, the YouTube channel that I have is uh, is unique in that there's not much of a market for it at all. It's just me going around drinking. Okay. And people, there's not many people that want to watch that. But, <laughs> but I made a video one time where we were down we were making that year's version of Big Sis and the yes. way I titled it was uh, let's make a beer and then some other kind of tagline off of that and immediately like you could see the the spike in traffic right off the yes. bat of people that click on it because they want to see somebody make a beer yeah. that wasn't what the video was it was me drinking while sure. we were making a beer I, I never actually make the beer you guys I just <laughs> sometimes I put some hops in the kettle and smile for a picture I don't actually make beer um, and uh, but but you could see you could see that the clearly this idea of people making beer and this experience of making beer in this process of making beer people want to see it mm-hmm. and there isn't nearly enough of it happening on youtube i mean I, I i'll say that i think that any brewery that does not have some kind of a youtube channel even if it's not like a a regular thing walking people through kind of day-to-day yeah. stuff just every once in a while just putting up a video of like hey we're doing you know this today let's sure. let's you know here come and watch us do it you know like well, you know people like people crazy
1: too. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like people, it's, it's, it, even, even when you look at X or Twitter, whatever you call it, I mean, so much of, even, even that platform, which used to be 120, 140 characters, whatever it right. is, so much of it is video, you know? And uh, that's what gets people to pause scrolling is right. generally action, right? So, you know, I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of the idea. Um, the, the, the big picture behind it was it definitely scratched some of that teaching itch. Uh, that, that I have, I, I love training people. And when I was at cartridge, I had two, uh, two new people that I was, that I was training into the industry and that, that was amazing. And it was a blast. And so it was, it was one of those things where it's like, well, you know, if I can help people make better choices about where they want to be going in the industry, answer some questions. And, and, and I really try to never like come across as like this, you know, this, this guru sitting on top of the mountain. I'm just sharing with you what I know and what I am trying at the moment. Right. A lot of times uh, I try for things to be research based. um, I try to stay current um, and I try things with the equipment that I have. Right. so. So when did
0: when did that kind of that link or that that decision happen that you're like, oh, my gosh, like there's there's a need for this out there in the uh content consumption world via sure. youtube or facebook or whatever sure. it may be uh when did that like thing happen and you're like oh i could i'm doing this thing i'm making beer and that's awesome yeah but i could also do this stuff and kind of bring this together
1: yeah i, I was scrolling around the internet and uh i happened upon uh this guy gary v um he's We've heard of him yeah <laughs> and you know i mean you know people can have different opinions uh one way or the other he's a he's a bit of a yeah, some uh, strong takes. But one thing, one thing that I like. There's been a few
0: nights at like 3 a.m. where I'm sitting there with a beer in my hand, and Gary V gets me all filed, fired <laughs> up, and I'm like, I, I need to, I need to change my life.
1: <laughs> well, and, and and he was saying one of his things was he was saying that uh, as a professional, if there is if, if you have an area of interest that you're passionate about, and you feel compelled to share that. He said, then you should be making content professionally. More people should be making content. Yeah. And that got me thinking, you know, um, and so I started thinking, okay, well, you know, what if I did some brew day videos, stuff like that. And, uh, and it kind of spun up from there. Um, so, and yeah, and it morphed. I mean, the original idea was I I would only be in, in brewery content. Um, I got the okay from, from ownership at cartridge at that time to, to do that. And then, um, it kind of started spinning up into other things. So I started to do a, uh, live stream Q and a, which is, uh, it's the bulk of my content right now. Um, because I do, I, I do release a video a day on YouTube and, um, so I can cut those individual questions. Right. Those questions come in from from pros, people getting ready to open their own place, uh, homebrewers, homebrewers aspiring to be pro brewers. So um, I take those, um, those live streams are usually about two hours long, two and a quarter, and then uh, chop those up for, for a lot of daily video stuff. And then I've also added a industry pro uh, podcast, which is uh, another live monthly. <laughs> Uh, another live monthly show where I will just get together with somebody else in the industry, um, get their story a little bit, and talk beer uh, some as well. Um, some are more beer heavy, right? And some are, and it's kind of the other thing that 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 I like to focus on. I, I also like to have kind of a a career leadership like focus with things because being being and i'm not saying this about me but being great at making beer doesn't make you a success in this industry that's that's
0: definitely true
1: right like there's there's other key components right and and so and again this isn't like i've i'm this guy that's figured everything out but i'll at least tell you the stuff i figured out by getting kicked in the teeth you know so
0: well you you also have to kind of figure out if if you want to be in this industry you have to figure out where your place in that industry is you know you have to you have to understand that there are some some roads you can go down that are probably not the right one for you whereas other ones are the right one and try to figure those out the only way to do that is to find out from people that have already gone down those roads and uh, especially with an industry like craft beer where it still is so young Mm There isn't a lot of information just out there mm-hmm. right now about that. You can't just go and, and, and figure it out. You have to you have to talk to people that have sure. that have tried it and, and sometimes succeeded, sometimes failed and figure out why. Um, and so I think those conversations are extremely important, especially for people that are either in the industry or want to be in the industry. Yeah. I'm fascinated by them by as a craft beer drinker just to kind of hear kind of uh, again the, the the personal stories behind different breweries and how people do what they do and got where they are where they're going kind of in their head it's uh um that fascinates me but um it's if you're if you're wanting to be in the industry it yeah. is so valuable
1: yeah it's. I mean, it, it, it's the rest of the picture, right? Yeah. Um. Because it's it's one thing to, and and that's kind of the other thing too. A, another reason when I'm I'm trying to weigh pros and cons, thinking about doing doing the the YouTube thing. It's first of all, it's it's intimidating, um, because you're going to be putting your face out there. You you open yourself to uh, ridicule. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, I've received very little. Um, you, you which know, is nice. <laughs> I will. And
0: for anybody that's wanting to create content, which hopefully some of the people that are watching this are those people. And I just realized I didn't, that's fine. It's my camera. You, uh, to, you can uh, go No, it's still tweaking, on. So okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't plug it into the battery. So at some point, or maybe it just you popped up. It's, it it's fine. It's fine. Your camera's plugged in. It's the only one that's really important. <laughs> I just, we can talk about all of these we'll talk about. We'll, that's another topic we'll talk about here in a second. But, um, what was I just saying? See, now I completely forgot. I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> oh, people that are that are uh, kind of watching this that want to be content creators. Yeah. Uh, everybody will tell you that there are negative comments that you'll get, which there are, mm-hmm. and you have to develop a thick skin to some of that stuff. But I don't want people to think that that's like the normal out there. Most people are. Are awesome. Yeah. Like most people want new content from you. Most people want to hear what you're saying. They want you to do to, to do what you're doing, yeah. and they're they're very supportive about it. Like it's the negative comments are uh, by far outweighed by the amount of positive ones out there. Yeah, With that being yeah. said, when a negative one comes in, it feels louder than all of the positive.
1: One hundred percent, But,
0: but the, the majority of things that are out there are people that are supportive, and like, yeah. if you're wanting to create content, don't let this fear of negativity stop you from doing it. Yeah. Uh, worse comes to worse, let let your significant other, or somebody, manage all of the comments as they're going. Well, and you know, I,
1: I think a big a, a big thing for me is, um, I, I've, I've tried to, very much like come. At things with uh, the outlook of you know, try to be humble, uh, humility, um, and and be grateful. You know, it, it's a wild thing to me that when that when I live stream that there will be people in the chat that like some first of all that they're not just like from. This town, yeah. or whatever, you know. And somebody will be like, oh, I'm from so and so. I'm from this country. I'm like, that's wild to me. Um, and then sometimes people will be like, oh, I finally made a live chat or something. It's like that's 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 humbling. That's a that's, yeah. a, that's a very that, that's a very cool thing, you know. So um, yeah, I, and and I think that's one of the things that diffuses some of those things. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like when when you walk into it with uh, some some hopefully obviously goodwill. Uh, I, I think I think that is the the super majority of stuff is positive let's talk about the uh
0: the process of content creation so uh what have been some of the hurdles that you've had to kind of uh, figure out jump through, uh, solve. And what are some of the things that maybe, uh, well, let's start with that. What are some of the hurdles that sure. you, you ran into when you decided, you know what, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to create content.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really now it's, you know, it, it's easier than ever you know, it is most of the stuff that I've shot on my channel was shot on an iPhone eight.
0: I, people need to understand that, that like you see some of us out there with like fancy cameras or like microphones and things like that. You do not need that to make content. Mm -hmm. Like you're uh, this, I'll be straight up like this camera that I'm shooting over here. My, I like my phone better than that. (laughs) (laughs) I I like my phone better than that camera. I would sooner (laughs) take my phone and shoot with it than that one. Uh, and, and so like you can, you can do it with anything you have. Sure. Um, the idea is just to make content
1: yes yeah and and, and you really do have to d- just just get out and start doing it some of the some of the hurdles honestly they they were mostly they were mostly mental i I knew that, and this isn't like a I knew that there weren't people showing the professional brewing process right. online, so I felt like the content wasn't the issue, what was happening wasn't wasn't the issue that that that's not the problem. The issue for me was realizing that, one, um, especially when I'm recording in the brewery, I'm not live. Uh, I don't have to be nervous. I don't have to use everything as soon as I hit record. There's like this weird thing where it's like, well, I'm recording. Oh, I screwed up. No, you didn't screw up. You just say it again. Right. And then so I found that um, I started to make video that was easier to edit because I had started editing my stuff and then I just realized, oh, I just need to stop talking, go back and restart this sentence after right. a brief pause. And so you can, and then you even start learning how to shoot too. You're like, oh, well, I, I recorded all this before and it was garbage. So why set the camera? These, these are my primary shots that I need to be getting. Right. right. Um, and so j- just reps, uh, builds that out. Um, I didn't know i didn't know a lot of stuff if i didn't have uh, my buddy andy who really did uh, a lot of the, the the brew day editing uh up front um and he's helping me again there's a period of time where he wasn't able to help me out um he got me used to uh using uh, i used adobe rush for the stuff that i edit so i know that's like not the most complex yeah, thing but, but quite honestly it it works it works for what yeah. i'm doing um and uh you know, so just some things like that. I, I think the biggest hurdle is just getting yourself to do it and getting yourself to do it uh, frequently, repeatedly.
0: Right? Well, that's you. You mentioned Gary V earlier, and not that he's any kind of piece of the show but sure. <laughs> like, now like, <laughs> he's, 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 he's a great he's a great example of that like he he makes a ton of content and most of his content like uh, technically speaking kind of sucks like sure. it's it's but it's the fact that he's making it and the content that is in there is great yes. and the frequency of it is great and he's yes. just always making content like yes. that is the secret to all of it yes. if you uh, if you put enough uh, short form content on one of the platforms that like short form content the platform will start to to like you more and it will start to figure out who you are and push it to the right people and like it's it's just just doing it just yes. just yeah, making the reps and, 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 and doing
1: it. so like right now i'm not certain that i'm going to make you know well with the podcast if i include the podcast is like 380 pieces of content a year right um i don't know if if, if that's what in five years what what the channel is going to look like right. But um, there is, frequency is a, is a big part of it. Uh, right. One, just to give yourself reps to get better at it. Uh, but then also that's what the algorithm, the the, yeah. al- the algorithm wants to be fed. Right. You know.
0: That was a big, uh, well, a big... Focus and a big struggle for me uh, in the last year was that I wasn't going to make content just to make content. Like if I was going to put something out, it was because it was something that I wanted to make. If I was going to make a video, it had to be a video that I really wanted to put the time into to make it what I wanted that video to look like. Uh, Whereas we're shifting gears a little bit this year. We're gonna crank some stuff out. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it won't
0: all be perfect, yeah. but we're gonna crank stuff out. Like that's, you just have to kind of figure out, uh, from, uh, from day to day, month to month, year to year, uh, where you are as, uh, as a creator, or where you are in your life, because life. Life makes it difficult too.
1: Sure. Well, and, and it's also what do you what what do you actually want to accomplish with with what you're doing? And and I've had to have that conversation with myself, with my wife, with my friends, yeah, many times because there's I've set up this this thing where I said I, I release a video on YouTube every day, mm-hmm. and I've had other uh, other content creators on the YouTube side say that that's concerning like that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to put out now i have i have a system that works pretty well mm-hmm. and i have and i have a backlog of in brewery content where, where the interesting thing is so even though i do drop a video a day a lot of them right now are the q a snippets right. which are very content brewing heavy brewing usually brewing science heavy um still i mean every month one of my top Viewed videos is, you know, dry hopping cold or cold, right? At cooler temperatures, right? And just talking about that practice and how I've done it in the brewery. Um, The thumbnail's not great. Um, I'm not great in it, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I was early and it was new, right? I mean, you know, I, I was green when I was doing that stuff. So if I were to do it now, like it would technically be better, but it's still, but it's still, it's still. It's one of my higher viewed stuff, you know, so yeah, it's, it's interesting.
0: It's, it's hard as a creator to not to get stuck in some of that stuff and see like, okay, like I made this video and a bunch of people clicked on it and keep clicking on it and they keep wanting it. I'm going to make another video like that. Yeah. I'm going to make another video like that yeah. and get stuck in this thing of just trying to please be at the algorithm or the viewers or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, just trying to do the thing that you think they, they are wanting versus the things that you want to make. Yeah. Like how do you balance some of that stuff out and how do you kind of put those binders on when they need to be on and take them off when they need to be off?
1: Yeah. I, I have, I have an advantage when it comes to, uh, especially the live stream Q and A and in some ways the the industry pro interview that I do, because that's all the, the viewers listeners, wherever you want to call them subscribers get telling me what they want to know about. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, my, my subscriber base is actually feeding me content. So, so that makes it, that makes it easy. And then it's as far as the brewery side of things go for me. It's whatever is the new research I'm reading. New things we're trying in the brewery. So that side of it is that side of it kind of kind of feeds itself. Um, and, and I am to that point now to where I, I have enough people, whether it be on Instagram or on YouTube. Um, I put the call out a couple times. As but it I wasn't always that him. way, correct? So, correct. Like,
0: so before that, as you're trying as you're trying to find your legs under sure. this, and you're trying to get an audience built, like. How do you, how did you kind of find those things that you focused on and the things that maybe you ignored and kind of went yeah. your own way?
1: Yeah, Um. well, I, I wanted to be able to give, and, and because it's such a, because such a big focus of the channel is like actually an educational thing, mm-hmm. I had all these nuts and bolts processes that, that I just needed to fit in. And, and I, to be honest, I've, I've never really had to deal with what am I going to talk about next? Because, um that that <laughs> on the brewing side I, and I, it's, no
0: it's, i laugh it was it was a running joke like when i had co-hosts on this show that was a joke every time we hit record yeah. like we would start out the show and when we started the show it was just us sitting around a table with you know four or five beers and we would start talking about what was happening in in cincinnati beer yeah. and every time uh, mike the uh, the guy that started the show he would look at me and he's like dude what are we going to talk about <laughs> like it's okay it's like you know there's enough happening like well you'll see it'll it'll be fine Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just every
1: single time what are we going to talk about (laughs) and and i think i was and i think i was fortunate that um i never really hit because i was i was so busy with knowing the stuff that i wanted to cover and having so I, i did hit a point where i'm like well i just can't I just can't show you the brew day like I actually have to start adding things to it in the way that like when I was brewing Munich Dunkel uh, one of the one of the key components of brewing that style I think is is leveraging roast malt uh, to create. Balance in a beer without necessarily creating a ton of roast flavor, right? right? So, like, so th- there are there are some there are some Brew Day episodes where it's not just the same thing, but where I try to discuss something specific that's overarching. I actually well. think
0: uh, I was listening to some of the other episodes that you've been on this show, and the very first episode, I don't remember what the beer was, but there was some some dark beer that was on tap there for the grand opening of Cartridge that was, it wasn't a Dunkle, obviously. You hadn't lagered anything yet, but um, and that came up, like that idea of mm-hmm. using uh, dark malts that also will kind of still make it kind of creamy and easy drinking sure. and kind of without sure. some of that roasty kind of um, sharper roast, I guess. Yeah, that was
1: actually, I think it was probably for Holster, which was a uh, which was a hazelnut uh, yep. cream stuff. Yep. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So it's funny to bring it up because I yeah, just sure. listened
1: to it like this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a uh, uh, the idea that, um, God, I'm trying to think of how, how wording this, uh, you know, this, 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 this process that we go through as, uh, not just content creators, but you know, like in, in any thing that you do, any job, any hobby, any, anything that you do, it's like, it's, it's, it's a process like you yeah. you start here and like i don't there's not really even an ending spot but you're you're taking this journey through that this mm-hmm. this story through kind of where um where you're headed with this thing and like uh, to be able to find to be able to find platforms or people or sources that can help kind of poke you in certain directions mm-hmm. is such a valuable thing mm-hmm. and um I, I don't know if everybody is as nerdy about it as probably I am or you know, every I think and a lot of people like will be sitting around like, Oh, have you watched, you know, this TV show? And, like, you I know, I don't I don't really watch T V shows. <laughs> like I don't know if you understand what my life is like. Like if if I'm going to be entertained, it's something that is like it's it's also pushing me further somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like I'm I'm watching a YouTube video that mm-hmm. is a about making podcasts. Like, yeah, I can make a podcast, yeah. yeah. But I don't know what that person knows about making podcasts and what it might do to the way I think about doing it or making videos or doing this or taking pictures or yeah. whatever it may be. And like, I, uh, are, are we, are we normal or are we weird?
1: <laughs> well, I do. I, I do watch, I, I watch more YouTube than I ever have Right. Uh, since I've been making YouTube content. I watch more shorts than I ever have. And just understanding like the, the structure of what people are doing is is, is such a big thing. Pace, is such a big thing, like oh I, shorts? I, it's crazy. Yeah, I, like it, it is.
0: It's to a frustrating point sometimes. Like sure. sometimes you want to make something and yep. you just want to make it, and you're like I just this is what I want it to look like. Yeah, but I know that's not the, that's not how it's supposed to look.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know that's not what you're supposed to do. Well, and, and even in the even in like the, the the brew day stuff that I've that I've done at, at cartridge when when I started editing those. I started editing them a lot faster than my friend was editing them, you know, a lot less dead air. Um, And I don't care if there's, and and this is just, this is just me. I I don't care if there's like hard cuts. Here's, here's the other thing to think about Mm -hmm. though, is if you had a
0: a long form video of the brew day Mm -hmm. where it's just the ambiance of making beer, Mm
1: -hmm. that would do well too. (laughs) So that's, that's actually like when, when I was thinking, because I've, I've thought a lot about this, you know, like there's, the, the weird thing is, I don't know if it's weird or not, but the, the, the strange thing is, is there's, there's so many different consumers. So like, there's some people that if, if I could rig cameras in a brewery, multiple cameras in a brewery, um, somewhat appropriately lit there and I. To stream from the time I walk into work and the time I go home, there's people that will watch that. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah,
1: Um, one hundred
0: percent. Like if I was sitting there, like uh, like sometimes I'm sitting downstairs and I'm I'm doing work, I'm editing or I'm doing something, Mm -hmm. and like I need something on in the background. I can't consume an actual podcast or watch a video at that time because I'm trying to actually focus on something. Just need something in the background. Yeah. I'm I've totally put up a video of somebody make a beer,
1: yeah <laughs> like yep. just well, you know, and the tough thing is is so like i I kind of view myself a little bit like in the in the maker space as well, right mm-hmm. so um but like there's a there's a YouTube channel that I watch called uh, Blacktail Studios, and he does like a lot of like epoxy tables and woodworking stuff. Okay. The advantage he has, and what I'm really jealous of, is he has it's incredibly visual and there's a massive payoff by the end right right um, and so what i struggle what i struggle with is my payoff is beer in a glass (laughs) right and that doesn't do anything for anybody right there's no huge i mean and you can do cool camera work and stuff but like Watching somebody take a raw piece of wood and then turn into this amazing, beautiful, shiny thing is a different payoff than what I'm doing with yeah, the brew we, day. Right? We
0: put clear water in, and now
1: it's brown. <laughs> like, exactly right. And so, like, e- e- even thinking about your video through that lens, and so that that always that always tilts me in a different direction. So, the supermajority of my brew day videos, the the last video is actually me sitting down with the beer full recipe breakdown and taste doing tasting notes right. on it that's that in my mind that's the best thing that i can do functionally sure. for the payoff at the end right so i mean there's there's limits to there there's limits to things and you know the the, the flip side is is you know we have a lot of beautiful shiny equipment but everything's happening in an enclosed space mm-hmm. and i can give you the shot inside the mash tun, inside the louder tun inside the kettle but that's only magic for so long right right you know what i mean so so that's where that's where what I, i usually end up trying to go back on which is which is kind of a natural instinct for me is from from my teaching days is just teaching through stuff as well so yes you have the visual of what happened of what's happening but also the you know the the teaching educational side
0: right Let's talk about kind of the bigger picture of beer as we kind of wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, you've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, things keep changing. Yeah. I know that you, uh, or I assume, again, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you tend to lean more into the tradition of brewing and the uh, uh, the traditional side of beer versus yeah. kind of the uh, traditional. The, the, even this is, is not an accurate statement, the, the, the trendy side of, of things, which sure. I mean, traditional can be trendy and that's you know a yeah. whole other argument. But yeah. what are things that are happening in beer right now that do kind of get you excited about um, changes or things that maybe were different than when you started? And on the flip side,
1: what things maybe are aren't awesome (laughs) yeah we're we're, we're entering you know uh, bart watson from the you know from the the brewers uh, association said that you know we're kind of we're kind of maturing as an industry now Mm -hmm. right it's not uh you know the 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 rocket ship on growth is probably over for the industry um for for a period of time and there's probably going to be some contraction and i think we saw did we see 450 breweries close in 2023 something like that i think it was it was like the exact minus.
0: same number that opened closed <laughs> sure yeah
1: yeah and you know i i i think um i don't i, I think that beer is such a part of our cultural fabric that is not going away uh because you know on on the pro side of things and 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 you probably see things out there but you know there there's people that are nervous and this, this, that, or the other thing, I, I again, I, I don't think place, uh, beer is going to lose its place, its, its cultural place. I do think that generationally people drink different than the people before them. Sure. Um, and so there's going to be some of that. You know, we've seen, you know, the rise of, well, it was ciders going to kill beer. And then it was, you know, Seltzer, RTDs, uh, X, Y, and Z, Spirits, uh, now NA, the conversation surrounding NA. And, um, you know, I, I think I think what this brings the focus on increasingly is, and I, I, I like to say that, you know, great beer isn't a business plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and that and I'm not trying to be, <clears throat> I'm not trying to be you know funny or no, or, or anything you've, you've, like that. We all but. know that you have to have great beer <laughs> and a really cool logo. Sure. <laughs> and, well, and, and then the flip side is this, and this isn't, and, and this isn't, and this isn't a negative comment. I think most beer consumers know the difference between good and bad. I don't think as many know the difference between good and great. All right. Uh, okay. Now, yep. because yep. I, I think yep. sometimes, yep. I think sometimes when we're in craft beer. We have our craft beer sphere of you know our beer geeks, and we're we're all beer geeks and stuff like that. But they're not the super majority of customers. That's it's a hardcore base, right? But it's still not the super majority of 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 beer customers. Um, And I think sometimes people. Uh, Get into the saying I make good beer I'm going to open a brewery and they forget that they're running that they're opening a hospitality company, you know And they're opening a business Um, And there's a lot of things that go into that and and so what? kind of what my thought is going forward industry-wise I think people who are on point both quality wise and business-wise are going to be the the folks that survive um, and uh, and again, I I think things are cyclical, and I think things will trend again. If I I'd, I'd be on the path to being a much richer man if I knew what that next <laughs> turn would be. But you know, I mean, we're already seeing, and people kind of talk it's about gotta it. It's got to be like wine, long.
0: right? That's the only thing that hasn't really like had some kind of resurgence in my yeah. lifetime is wine. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, right. But you know, I I, I think the industry is going to be fine, and um, you, you just don't have unlimited growth. Um, and so there's, there'll be some contraction, but, but I think, you know, uh, overall, um, I, I think we'll be in a good place. That's like, I, I think that sometimes
0: you talk about the people that are, you know, all doom and gloom about what the industry looks like. And I, I get it. Like it is a scary thing, especially if you have dumped your, uh, life savings into starting 100%. a business and yes. I get it. Yes. Uh, but Um, So, I was on another podcast. Shout out to Bruce Guy's Happy Hour. Uh, They had me on for uh, the Christmas show. And I think it was in that episode that they asked me, uh, Is the golden age of craft beer over? And I, like, I, even now when I think about that, it makes me laugh because, like, I, no, I th- I think it's just starting. Like I think we are now hit, finally able to hit the golden age of craft beer. Like we were in this really crazy period where people were figuring out what the industry looks like and how to how to be in it and how to be successful in it. And now we've got that. Now we have like you look at the places around us. Like this is it? This is the, craft beer has never been better. Like we're finally you can, no matter where you live, especially in this city, no matter where you live, you can drive a few miles and there's a brewery yeah. and a great brewery at yeah. that. Yeah, probably even a couple of them. Yeah, and like that's that's exciting. Yeah. That's that's a fun spot for the industry industry to be in. Now, uh, will all of those places survive? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, they can. Yeah, I think there is no reason that they couldn't as yeah. long as they are able to uh, uh, to manage the different sides of what. It means to run a craft
1: brewery. Well, and, you know, when I got into the industry too, I mean, it was everybody's goal back then. It was six-pack bottles, but you know, it was everybody's goal to, you know, to have your your ten-barrel system, throw some beer into bottles, uh, get it into Meyer or Kroger or whatever, right. and then ne- be the next founders. And, and I, I think the days of somebody like Ryan Guy starting with a fifteen-barrel and then then turning into a regional brewery, I think those days are waning. Um, I think those, I, I think the places that are, I don't the... think Madre would argue with that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is another one that they, they have a big distribution, uh, footprint. but I don't, but for that, to I don't be think the plan, they, I don't and think, and,
0: and they can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I don't think they're making any more beer today than they made when they were on that 15 barrel system, maybe, beating maybe the shit maybe. out of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think they're kind of, kind of in the same, same place they are now now where that where well, that business see, is
1: is shifting but you can you can you can see people doubling down on tap top tap rooms now right yeah because you, you can sell that product at full margin right and yep. and it's it's about consumer experience uh,
0: f- full margin and like uh, control which I think we've established yes. in this show throughout the years I'm a bit of a control freak uh, like I still don't understand how it would feel okay to me to like make something and then send it out into the world. Oh, <laughs> it's, let, it's let somebody else man. pour it out of their taps Absolutely. and trust that they're doing it the right way. I, I can't do it. Sitting I, on store no, shelves. Warm, no way that, I can that do that it. The whole
1: thing is tough, yeah. you know? And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, but, but I, I do think there is spots in, in, in an underserved area because we're, we're talking about community bars. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's especially place for, a place for somebody not just to go and drink, but to have something to do as well. Sure, you know, like you look at you look at Fifty West and what they have going on at their at their primary location there at the production house, and they've got, you know they've got volleyball, they've got cornhole, mm-hmm. they've got pickleball. You know, you can have the kids there playing in the sand going to that brewery is just not going to a brewery. You know, I mean, there there's options there. There's things to do while you're even,
0: there. But even outside of like the idea of playing pickleball uh, with your craft brewery, like there's, there's still experiences around beer, you know, the yeah. places that have uh, great food, the places that have a really great beer garden. And yeah. that's the experience. There yeah. places that have maybe even places that still have like some kind of little, little dinky tap room where you walk in and the, the brewer's right behind the bar yeah. because yeah. they don't have that many employees you know like that's still an experience like and to find that place and to find your place within that and to really own it and to really do it well i think will make anybody successful but definitely um well i should say almost anyone's like there's some i don't know know." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, what's the best thing that you've drank that you did not make uh in the last couple weeks
1: Oh gosh, so something something you might not know. I haven't uh oh, I actually I, I can I can answer this. Are you so doing dry January? I'm not doing dry okay. January. I'm doing something far <laughs> more severe. Um I have not drank a traditionally brewed beer uh since uh, February of last year. Oh, and Ooh. uh I have developed uh, a fairly severe gluten sensitivity.
0: Oh no. Um
1: and uh it's it's oh. it's uh, the the last time, the last two normally brewed beers I had, I had a couple of Pilsners with Ryan over at 50 West. We did a collab with them, and he had this Pilsner he was proud of. It was a beautiful beer, and that that's what I miss out on the most is sure. having a friend have something they're proud of. I had two of those beers. And I get like for for days afterwards uh, severe depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's so bad that I don't even miss it. Okay. Um, but I will say this: um, there's a product called Brewers Clarex. It's an enzyme yep. uh, that you can add during fermentation, which does not make a gluten free beer, but it makes a gluten reduced beer. Um, so I did share uh, a couple beers uh, with my dear friend Josh Toft, who's head brew over at Cartridge, and uh, we shared a killer brown porter that he has on tap over there right now um which is a which is a great beer for this time of year because it's dark it's roasty but it still is still lower abv beer which i still <laughs> kind of like because you can session them out and he has a killer uh cold ipa on over there as well uh, i'm forgetting i'm forgetting the names of both beers but uh that that cold IPA, clear, beautiful, bright, low body, but still plenty of uh, fruitiness popping out of that thing, nice and complex. And that robot that that brown porter he has is just is right in my wheelhouse cuz I'm I'm kind of a session beer guy, so.
0: Do we think that uh breweries should have some kind of thing to let people know like easily that if if they're using like the, that that cleric stuff because I, the, I there are a lot of people that maybe uh gluten isn't going to kill them like yes. you know the gluten I mean, in here there's gluten in the air everywhere sure, are sure. you know there's gluten everywhere <laughs> but there's a lot of people that have yeah. figured out that there is some kind of an allergy or some kind of an insensitivity or something sure, to it sure. and um, i know that there are a lot of breweries that are using that uh, Clarex and in their beers that they can't legally say that they are gluten free, but they are about as close as you they're, can possibly get. I
1: think they, I think legally they can be gluten reduced. Yes. and so you start walking a line of what is the what is the benefit? Uh, is there going to be somebody that thinks the beer the beer is weird because <laughs> it's it's it's, <laughs> it's gluten reduced? Because I, I'll say this, I, I've used that, I've used Brews Clarex on uh, long long standing lagers that I've made. Um, And I've not seen uh, flavor, foam, uh, any impact on on those beers. Going back to Madre, I
0: think they use it on almost everything, Mm -hmm. I think.
1: Well, it's one of the primary functions. It's supposed to be able to extend uh, filter life. Okay, so that's one of the things is that it's actually supposed to make beers easier to filter. Um, so that's one of the main things. So there's actually a production so purpose it's, for it. It's basically dropping all of the stuff out of the beer. Theoretically, I, I believe breaking down those molecules, making them both more more filterable, more readily filterable, um, and then uh, and then also having the 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 side effect of uh, not impacting people with right. sensitivities. So for me, I I have not had probably more than two beers in a sitting um, since last year and they've all been Claire X Spears. Um, So I, I know for me, uh, I don't, they don't bother me. Um, but, but then again, we- I haven't had like a big, drinking session or a, a few days of but drinking wouldn't it be easier it if
0: you could just walk into a store and like know yes. the beers that you could look yeah. at and be like all right so i know that this is good and this is good yes. and this is not good like it's yeah. uh, that's i yeah. think that there's and i think there are a lot of people in that that boat
1: right now mm-hmm. and i think it's going to be interesting interesting to see I, I think i think it's going to be the enzyme side of things uh things like that that help out with um some of the some of the different uh, whether they be ABV, uh, you know, low, well, not so much the low ABV, but I, I think ultimately the, probably the gluten thing. Is probably long term going to be oh, an enzyme based thing.
0: I think uh, between enzyme science and yeast science, I think that that is the future yeah. of of kind of yeah. the innovations that we'll see next. It, it's, it's
1: crazy to see the volume that's going on on the the genetically the genetic modification of yeast. There's uh, the things that they're doing on in that my front, head. It's really wild.
0: I'm I'm not I'm not a real scientist. I just play one on a couple of videos, <laughs> but um, I think that there's there's no reason that somebody can't figure out a way to poke a yeast in the right way yeah. and make it make a beer without spitting out alcohol. Yeah. Like I it has to happen. O-
1: Omega and BSI are doing a lot with that right now. There there are more and more um uh, there are more and more alcohol free yeasts out there and more and more techniques being used. I'm I'm getting ready to interview Mitch Steele from from right. New Realm formerly of Stone and so I was listening to some stuff of his as as research, and they were talking about I, I think they're doing like a like a vacuum distillation thing. There's a lot of different ways to slice that one, and and there's there's troubles on there's difficulties no matter which way you go. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of new stuff.
0: There's 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 crazy stuff happening. Uh, if anybody wants to know more about, uh, about what you're doing, uh, on whatever side of, of your life, they want to know about it, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch, but best way to, to follow you, uh, yeah. let them know.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, Adam makes beer on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and that's, that's really the, the, the two big, um, I haven't like transferred my my personal facebook to officially adam makes beer but my stuff gets dropped over there too (laughs) um and yeah i i have a couple of monthly live streams um, and if, if you sub to the Instagram, uh, side of things, you'll, you'll be able to stay in line with everything there. Well, I appreciate what
0: you're doing so much. I think that it, uh, uh, it's a much, much needed place in Cincinnati's beer content creation. And, uh, well, that's, that's
1: um, kind of you, man. And, and I was gonna, I was gonna say at one point, it's, it's cool sitting down with, uh, the, the godfather of, uh, of, well. of beer. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, you know, especially being a, a new guy coming into town. Uh, you've, you've always been, uh, very generous, uh, well, it's with you your make, time with me. Cause you make
0: good beer. That's kind if of you yeah. made bad beer, I would never talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just oh, let's see. Who can I call is uh just ask, uh, Andy Reynolds, uh, <laughs> down at Alexandria, you make bad beer. I'll just never talk to you. <laughs> it's a joke guys he's he's the most uh he's been on the show more than anybody else and i think he'll be on next week so (laughs) we'll see if he listens Um, thank you very much i appreciate everything you do Uh, keep up the great work everybody go uh, support adam and all the things he does including here at sonder uh huge shout out to sonder for hosting i don't think they knew they were hosting we just kind of took over sonder studios (laughs) officially which everything is unplugged and that hurts my soul (laughs) you know we we should have talked about that a little bit bit out of all of the breweries in town, this is the one that finally was starting to get it and they were cranking out podcasts and they got the idea of content creation and then they they let the ball drop on me.
1: Well, they are. They, they, I, I do know they've done a they've they've done a couple recently. I'm not sure if they're they, posted did too. Or not, they did two. They did two like uh,
0: this this year, and then haven't done anything else posted that sure. I know of since sure. then. So. Sure, sure. hurts my soul, guys. Come on, crank some stuff out. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to support this show, you can just share with your friends. That's the best way to do it. Um, but if you have extra money laying around, you can help that way too by going to the slash support uh, My wife loves it every time a new subscriber comes in on there and she tells me that i'm finally going to be a real blogger one of these days <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you everybody we'll be back next week um I, I think we're going to be down at alexandria it's not officially on the calendar yet so if it's not there i'm sorry but uh there'll be something and then there'll be something next week because that one is on the calendar so stay tuned for that um subscribe share you guys know the deal um, we'll see you then Uh cincy Brewcast. it's the voice of cincy craft